When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Smooth Soul Monday right here on Ball Don't Lie. I'm in Patrick. Ooh, he's on it today. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing for y'all. Because yeah, he, he love football, but it ain't good to be right. <laughs> if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. That's probably uh, the Cowboys fans out there motto. <laughs> yep. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, Patrick, what inspired you for this jam right here? I don't know. I mean, this is just a good jam. It's a good jam. It's, it's a, a good jam. No, it's a good Smooth Soul. Well, you yeah. Yeah, supposed to Smooth Soul Sunday, Monday, yeah. uh, Sunday is usually done, or Monday, is usually done by me put, playing on, like, Soul Playlist uh, and going through, and then you're like, oh, I'll pick this one, play this one. So you're, like, kicking it on a Sunday, in a Sunday state of mind, yes. coming up with I Smooth like Soul that. Mondays. I kind like of that. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that about that. Uh, well, I, hey, we all enjoy it. So whatever you're doing, keep on doing it. We appreciate it. My man Patrick, the real MVP. You can reach him via Twitter at It's Patrick Davis. Uh, my man Harge at Hardball Harge. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Uh, Specs text line wide open as well. 512-337-3776. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving holiday uh, with friends and family uh, over the weekend. Well, we know Cowboys fans had a damn good holiday weekend what? because the Cowboys got a win in the division, making it that much sweeter. But I think the sweetest part of that win is that you held Saquon Barkley from a top five rusher. Come on. And you're talking about a team that's stubborn and bullish about running the football, the New York Giants. And you held Saquon Barkley to 39 yards Come on. rushing Come on. on 11 rushes. And he was averaging over 95 yards rushing a game mm-hmm. going into this game. His longest run was just 10 yards. Hell, Daniel Jones, who was actually averaging almost over 40 yards per game rushing the quarterback, mm-hmm. he only had uh, 14 rushing yards. Cowboys basically shut down the Giants' rushing attack. And to me, that's the biggest story of the game. We know that's the Achilles heel for the Cowboys. If they don't improve that by the time the playoffs roll around, they won't be in the playoffs for long. No. And uh, that was a that was a gutsy performance. Um, and it showed a lot of resilience by the Cowboys, and it showed their ability to, uh, you know, to fix some of the issues uh, that may be plaguing this team down the stretch of their playoff run. And they overcame two interceptions by Dak. I mean, he threw two interceptions. He did. And they, Ugly ones. They, but, you know, they came back. The defense being what the defense is kept him in, in a position to where he could get the ball back and get some points on the board, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what he did. And the thing, too, for me, Rod, is great by that defense, but I think they're starting to figure out everything on offense. They're starting to figure out, kind of like what we talked about with Sark at the first hour. 
you know, when you have this running game that has been very good to you, mm-hmm. and Zeke came out and ran the ball Zeke, well. He felt good. 16 carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown. And Tony Pollard, 18 for 60. He didn't have those Zeke explosive. Show. Yeah. This is the Zeke show. That was. I think, I think it's, a, it's a matchup thing. Zeke exactly. matched up well with whatever exactly. the Giants are trying to do. Exactly. But recognizing that mm-hmm. and realizing, okay, we can do this, we can get explosive. Explosive plays on the outside. There was one play where they ran. It was an unbalanced. It looked like an unbalanced line. They took the tight end in motion. He came. He, they were going from left to right. Mm-hmm. Tight end came in motion. Dak handed him the ball. Got around Zeke somehow and put the block on for him. I was like, mm-hmm. how did that even happen? And there was nobody on that sideline. Yeah. I'm like, how did that even happen? Was that a design hey, play? But it, it worked. But when it that, whenever you ready to give Kelly Moore a little credit, is that what you waiting on? I'm just, I'm just, you just I, that you creativity. Keep, you keep bragging yeah. about the Cowboys' <laughs> offense, and yet you want to give credit to the guy that's called the play. I don't. It's so, so funny. I you can't been, do you it. You've been bragging about the Cowboys' <laughs> offense for a month. I was like, he never mentions Kelly Moore. He will brag Ever. about it. Talk about how Dak is a game. <laughs> you know, he's he's a game changer when he comes in. His presence is an impact player, and you love Zeke, and you love Tony Bond and CD and Hendershot. Oh, you give, the you way they're moving the ball around. <laughs> and you will not get Kelly Moore one bit of credit. You've been hurt before. Exactly. I'm not going to get hurt again. Like, can you please say I, Kelly Moore's doing a good job I, now? He's managing the oh, offense the way he is. A, he is a great game you, manager. You won't, you won't do it. I refuse. I, I've, been, I've been noticing this for like a month. I'm like, I got to call. I got to call her job. I called you out on the, you did. On the broadcast. You did. I was like, I'm calling you about. You, 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 you've been bragging about it. You are right, though, to brag about how. I'll give you a number. Oh, my so, God. We remember when Cooper Rush was the starting oh. quarterback. They averaged 21.4 points per game when he was the starting quarterback. You know what they've averaged since Dak's return? 33. Thir- thir- I was going to say 33. Yeah. 33 thir- I was going to say almost, 31. Almost, almost 34, yeah. but 33 points per yep. game. Yeah. It's amazing that's what that's you could do when you got a great quarterback. That's a 12-point difference, and you <laughs> still don't want to give credit to Kellen Moore. How about this? Kellen Moore. Dude, hey, how about Rod this? did call me out, Patrick. Oh, I he called me out smooth, too. In front of everybody on Beaver Boulevard, I was like, all y'all Cowboys fans, just y'all know. Horace does not want to give Kelly Moore any credit for how good the Cowboys offense is doing. None at all. Oh, my when goodness. When they come on in 14-personnel yes, package. Yes, he did. Yes, 14 personnel. Yes, he did. Full tight ends. And by the way, that was a, that was it ended up being a great play for him because at the the handoff, too, they got out of a right, hand shot. Right, From uh, the 13 or 14-personnel package. Yes. It was like a jumbo package, I should yes. say. But yep. he's getting creative, and you just don't. You don't want to give the man any credit. I'm just, I mean, okay. he should. He All right, should. Man, right, wait, is it harder to give Kel more credit or Mike McCarthy credit? Uh, yeah, it's Mike McCarthy's hard to give yeah. credit. To. Yeah, it's harder. Yeah, I'll go Kellen more because because at least then I can be like, all right, well, then I'm right. They did. Mike McCarthy's not a great coach. We can get there. You got to get. I'm gonna get. Okay, I'm gonna give some credit to both. You know, I'm a, I'm a big Kellen Moore fan. They do. Point. I know. But we, I will we, give Mike McCarthy credit. Yeah, yep. I, this is why you give him. He's my, done a good no, job. Give, with give him credit team. for this. Give him credit for this. No, yep. seriously, he said in the offseason, we want to be a, a physical football team. He did. He did. We're basically tired. We got we got pushed around. And it's his text with F McCarthy. <laughs> like, okay, that's how these. That's what I'm saying. I do say it with your chest. Giving McCarthy credit, I knew that was gonna come. It's okay. Yeah. All right, special spec text line is for. Um, but he said they want to be a tougher, more physical football team. No doubt, guys. Yeah. 
they push people they, around. The Cowboys really push people job. around a little yep. bit, and they they do it on both sides of scrimmage. They play with jumbo packages and multi tight end sets. They you know and they're scoring points. Uh, you know, presenting a lot of power sets and power personnel packages. So anyway, uh, you don't have to give yeah. Kellen Moore a ton of credit, but I do think Kellen Moore has been. Really, uh, he's been adaptive. Right? He's, 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 he's been adaptable. diverse. He's been yes, diverse. He's been adaptable. He's adapted yeah. his game plan to their current model. I don't think this is what Kellen Moore wants to be. Kind of like what we talked about with yeah. Sark. I don't think it's what he wants to be. Yeah. But as I've always said, life and football are both constant struggles, deciding between what you want to be and what you need to be in order to survive. Yep. All right? Yep. So plan accordingly. And I think that Kellen Moore is like, nah, you know what? What I need to be right now is running this rock. And they 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 and they've, been, to the they've game. been committed to it. Yeah. 169 yards on the ground, and like you said, they even got it to the tight end on a reverse. Come I mean, on, on the handoff, it's like jet sweep with a tight end. <laughs> yeah, it's like what? The? Yeah, I was like, who's calling these plays? You know why? Because nobody thought he would have been able to hand it to a tight end nope. on that. He, he's not Kelsey. I agree. He's not Kelsey. But those tight ends look good, though. I'm, I told you, mm-hmm. I'm a big Cowboys fan of Jake Ferguson. Yeah. I've been a you like big Ferguson. fan of Ferguson. They, they, use, they use three. Yeah. Four. They yeah. love their tight end They used packages. every one of them that was on the roster this past weekend. God they all them. got some run in there. But, again, you know, the, the, the story of this team, yes, the offense has done a great job, but the defense is what's going to be end up carrying them. In the in the long run, but to Sark's point, it's a complimentary <clears throat> football thing. Yep, yep. I feel like Sark's like it I penetra- mean, it's, it's, the Sark vocabulary is penetrating the Cowboys conversation. But it, that's, but, but that's, that's, that's what they're the playing. Parallels. Yeah, they're that's playing their parallels. They're yeah. playing complimentary football. When you Agreed. run the ball like that, it does it, it, it energizes the defense. And that Cowboys defense, man, it plays with a ton of energy. Uh, Michael Parsons, once again, gentlemen, two second half sacks. Man, now he's now got twelve on the season. Twelve. Oh, oh man, he's and, ridiculous. And he's got. He's I mean, ridiculous. He's gonna he's gonna be getting close to twenty. He can. Oh he, man, he's pushing that envelope as much as yeah. he can. And just think, he keeps saying he's not a hundred percent either. He's not. He's playing injured, like he was, and playing through this all, yeah. and still applying that pressure. His relentlessness of chasing the quarterback is something that is unparalleled. The way he's been going after these guys from one side of the field to the other, anytime they try to uh, escape him. He finds a way to get to them. No, he's a Tasmanian devil. He is. He really is. This reminds me of a cartoon is. where he's like, when he comes <laughs> off the ball, tearing stuff up. I just spinning and doing just tearing up stuff. Ripping stuff. He really yeah. is, man. He's unbelievable. And yeah, they, they, the Cowboys defense, I think now, depending on his health, you'll start seeing him more on the edge. One of the things that helped out their rush defense, they loved Damone Clark. Yep. yep. They love Damone Clark. When they put uh, they, they put Michael Parsons on the edge now, you'll see, of course, LVE. LVE's getting a lot of snaps. I, I, in fact, LVE's played more snaps than Michael Parsons because yep. Michael Parsons, they bring him off because of the injury, um, and they're using him situationally on the edge so much. Um, but Damone Clark, yeah, he's, he's playing more off-ball linebacker, and I think it, it's anticipation, in anticipation, I should say, of Michael Parsons playing more edge as they get closer to the playoffs. Yeah. I think in the playoffs, he's going to be playing edge most of the time. If you're not. Rushing that, off the edge most of the time. Yeah, that would be the perfect way to go about it. Right. Because he's that kind of person. He is. Uh, so remember, Damone Clark played 51% of the snaps versus Chicago. That was like the debut for him. But he only played seven versus Green Bay. I think that was matchup specific. They wanted to play a lot of sub packages versus Green Bay. But since then, since that Green Bay game, he played 43 snaps 
uh, in week 11. That's 75% of the snaps. And this past week, uh, he played 46% of the snaps. Uh, sorry, 46 snaps, which is 72% of the snaps. So the last two weeks, he's played 75 and 72% of the snaps. And I think they're basically trying to transition him to be that other off-ball linebacker. Yeah. And then they can... So I don't know what they didn't like about Jabril Cox, but uh, he's almost not even a his, factor anymore. Well, I don't think his energy is matching well, what everybody the, else is doing either. I don't think do that, yeah. I don't think I don't. He's not bringing that same intensity because if you go back and watch all the games that he played in, and now look mm-hmm. and see what's happening now, the way that these guys are flying to the ball. He didn't have that same that 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 tenacity to get to it's the crazy, football. It's crazy. He's definitely got the speed. He's, yeah, he's definitely got he's the got speed it. for it. But you're yeah. right. And I think they f- preferred Demone Clark versus the run. Yes. And I think they're looking for run defenders now to help them versus the run. And I think one of the things that helped them was Demone Clark is a better run defender. And by the way, he's just as freakish. Yes. As They're, Micah Parsons, like he's freaky. He's faster. Like, yeah. Yeah. What's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's been clocked at a faster speed uh, on the field in pursuit than Micah Parsons, which doesn't seem possible. Um, and also, uh, basically, you go look at it. Demon Clark has now played. This is his third forty-plus snap game um, in the last four games. Yeah. So they're 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 they're, they're, they're transitioning. They're well, remember him. we talked about it too. We couldn't wait for him to get back on the field. Well, they couldn't. They either. were like, okay, let's see what he's going to bring. And obviously, he's been bringing a lot to the field, which is why the way that they they are separating all these this plays is most important. But I do want to give LVE a lot of love too because oh, I great. was very critical of him during the draft. So much so that when we went to. The football game, I got a chance to go to the football game when Gil Brandt was inducted oh, into the yeah. Ring of Honor. And it was a Thursday night game against the uh, Saints. Love me some Gil I Brandt. was standing behind him, and I was like, I got to start howling like the wolf because that's what they kept calling, <laughs> kept calling. I got to start howling at him because he is showing me each step of the way that he's getting better and better. And most of it was because, number one, he was coming from Boise State and he hadn't played a lot of football, number one. Number two, he was still dealing with that neck injury. And I was like, he's never going to be that kind of guy. Yeah, I never thought he was going to be that guy, but he's proven me, once again, him and Kellen Moore sitting side by side laughing at me. Both Boise State. <laughs> Boise State. Boise State. That's oh, no, right. Yeah, yeah. So, that's maybe right. you, hate on, you hate on Boise no, State now? No, because I like Orlando Skandrick. I liked him. I liked him, and I like DeMarcus Lawrence. DeMarcus Lawrence also. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's make it show. But I love how you, you're willing to eat the crow about yeah. – LVE, Still not, but not about Kellen Moore. No, All right, no, we'll no. wait. I, I think we'll wait. We got, oh no, I, <laughs> we got time. This is going to continue, so we'll yeah. have time. Uh, we'll just wait till the crow adds up, and you can eat a yeah. big old turkey. have a big old like a turkey. It. Maybe yeah. like a turkey. It'll <laughs> you, be so big, it's going to look up. like a turkey. You can fry That's it up. Right. That'll be good for no you. No doubt. Uh, okay, uh, let's get to uh, one other little nugget here about the Cowboys offense, though, that I think is interesting that we haven't talked a lot about. You know what? Speaking of eating crow, a lot of people got to eat crow about this. Tyler Biotish. Mm hmm. I like it's time to start eating some crow about Tyler Biotis for I some like folks. Him. I mean, a lot of people yep. thought last year, oh, man, he was in over his head and um, Texas needed to draft someone to replace Tyler Biotis. He just wasn't the guy, wasn't the answer. You know, the Cowboys really believe in their draft picks. Yep, we like our do. guys. We love our guys. We like our guys. <laughs> uh, and he's one of their guys and they drafted him. How about this? He's played 720 snaps this season. He's allowed zero sacks. He's doing his thing. Goose it. I mean, you th- I'm still looking at Tyler Smith. I'm looking at Tyler Smith. He's doing way He's better doing than well. what I expected. He's still getting penalties here and there, but they're not as many mm-hmm. as there once was. Well. But I'm with you with Biotish, man. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Biotish is what? 
a Wisconsin Badger. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. how they do yeah. those offensive linemen up that's there, true, man. That's true, too. That's what that. they do. Yeah. So when you start looking at him and, and the, the meat of it all, how they go about their business, that's how I look at it. I'm like, yeah, offensive lineman. He's from Wisconsin. Think he'll be okay? Uh, yeah, no, you're right about <laughs> I think that. he'll be okay. Yeah, they, uh, they do have a culture uh, yeah. of offensive linemen. Uh, but yeah, I thought I thought that was an interesting nugget when I saw that doing research. I didn't realize but, he hadn't given up any sacks. No sacks wow. this year. He's played really, really well. Wow. He, can, he actually, you could argue, he's been the biggest reason that they've been able to stabilize the O-line yeah. Um, because, yeah, they've had some turnover. Tyron Smith obviously going down. Tyler Smith coming in. That was big. Uh, but Tyler Biotis had fallen off there at center. Yep, he um, sure that, did. Um, that, that would have been an issue, but no regression. Um, he's played really, really well for them. So uh, that's something to think about, too. So Cowboys, also, I didn't throw out this nugget, uh, the Cowboys Thanksgiving game, apparently the most viewed game in uh basically regular season history for things come on now that's what we do that that is crazy <clears throat> that's what we do because it I was mean, a, but it was two teams that were what seven and three yeah i mean you know was, what i'm saying it no, was a, yeah. it was a and it's a divisional game so you're looking at it and saying oh yeah this is the game to watch because the right. rest of them you were like huh no, I mean, it's it's turkey time, so yeah. everybody's sitting around, family around. But they said the Cowboys-Giants game was the most watched regular season game ever. Yeah. 138 million Americans watched at least one minute of the football game Thursday. Uh, they said they put music acts at halftime that helped, um, I don't know, Jonas Brothers in Dallas. Yeah, we were still trying to figure that out. They, was it? Is it BB Rexa? And Daytra, I have no idea. Don't ask me. No, don't ask me. Uh, but either way, uh, got you got monster ratings for that for that game. So basically, the NFL proving once again they can they can own a holiday. Mm-hmm. They, and they're coming for the NBA's Christmas. Remember? Yo, Remember they got right. they, they, they want Christmas. I bet Adam Silver's like you. Yeah, you can't be doing this right now. We're letting y'all do what y'all want to do, but not right now. <laughs> yeah, the NFL is always trying. Basically, NFL looks at the sports calendar like a monopoly board. It's always trying to just own more property. Yeah. They're trying to take the, the NBA's property now, which always has been Christmas. Not anymore. They no wanna, doubt. Now they own they want to own the Lord's Day, and now they want <laughs> take, to take the Lord's birthday, too. Exactly. Come on, NFL. You're too damn good. Got to be thankful. Got to be thankful for be that kind thankful. of stuff. Uh, okay, let's talk about this, this, this Odell Beckham uh, story just really quickly, man, because okay. this is a bizarre story, and I don't know what happened here, but Odell Beckham Jr. has been cleared. So as a result of him being cleared, he is now taking visits to different teams who are, you know, courting him and would like to sign him as a free agent. Mm-hmm. And we assume one of these teams will be the Dallas Cowboys, of course. So uh, apparently Beckham was reportedly escorted off an American Airlines flight bound for Los Angeles after the flight crew observed him, quote, coming in and out of consciousness on the aircraft before takeoff. The incident necessitated police interaction and the deplaning of all other passengers. According to Tom Pelissero, Miami-Dade police were dispatched to the scene in response to a medical emergency. The flight crew had reportedly tried to wake Beckham so that he could fasten his seatbelt for departure and worried that he was seriously ill at the time with a condition that might worsen during the five-hour flight. The airline confirmed to Jury Epstein of Yahoo Sports that a customer on flight 1228 failed to follow crew member instructions and refused to put on a safety belt uh, and also said Beckham reportedly refused to exit the plane as requested by the crew. Only after officers arrived and the plane was emptied of all other passengers and their luggage did Beckham finally leave the aircraft under escort. During mm. without incident, by the way, they said no incident, just yeah, just weird. No yeah, incident. I, I saw just a video strange. of him. <laughs> I saw a video of him coming off with two officers walking behind him, 
as he's leaving the plane. And everybody was videoing him because they were mad at him because they had to get off the plane, too, because everybody got deplaned off of there. So as I look at this, I'm always saying, did he take something to go to sleep? Because if you're going to be on a long flight, sometimes that's what you do, especially You've been on flights where people got like their kids on there. I got kids, so I'm not talking about people with kids. So I totally get it. Uh, but there's times where you've probably been out all night, and all you want to do is just get on the plane and go to sleep. And he was probably having one of them hard sleeps where people try to wake you up, and they can't because you're so deep into your sleep. Yeah. I've been there. Okay. I've been there, but not where it's like. I've, I've woke up one time on the plane, and that was after a long night, Uh where I didn't know that I was even on the plane. So it was like, wait, where am I? Where am I? Oh, I'm on the plane. Yes, sir. Can you please fashion your uh, seatbelt? Yeah. Oh, it's not on? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just sorry. disoriented. Yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what's happening and yeah. why all these people looking at me. Yeah. No, you know? I mean, you're, probably, you're right. I think you're right about him taking something. Yeah. I don't know what he took, but he definitely probably took yeah. something. And on top of him probably having an all night or being tired, whatever it may be. Yeah, he, he probably just, took some Nexivo Naturals. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well done. Ready to get that plug in, <laughs> there, brother. Is, get bro. that plug in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what what that was. I don't, yeah, that's that was just strange that it had to. It, like I said, usually it's, hey sir, could you could yep. you wake up? Could you do this? And then you comply and go, okay. Yeah. Then he was so out of it, right? That you're still trying they were to figure concerned out about his health. Yes. It wasn't that he was. They thought he was dangerous or yep. he was unruly. It was like, no, no, this dude was like just going in and out of consciousness, and he's not even responding to us. We don't. I want to be held responsible. Someone's like, that's Odell. Right. He's like, oh no, that ain't gonna be on us. No, he ain't gonna die on our flight. And they be like, why don't y'all call somebody? So they just called the authorities. Yep. That's it's, that's crazy. I mean, he's on that. What whatever he's on, I would I would you know. <laughs> yeah, I'd I don't like know. to I know. Think, I think it might have been on the stuff where they're like, hey man, you need to go off the plane. He goes, well, if you could kindly find my legs, I will be bored. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think he was. Somebody said, I don't think he was drunk because I think people recognize drunk, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, I don't think it was. It was I think he he was. I think I think he took something. He took whether it be to go to sleep or yeah. whether he's on that. Yeah, he icky, just missed icky. time. That he missed that. Definitely. He just missed yep. time. That. Is he? Yep. That's yep. also man. Hang around musicians. Yep. They always yeah. try to time it out. Like, time, oh, yeah. I'm gonna hit my buzz at the perfect time. Either yep. that, or he did that. He did the old trick of where the doctor or whoever gives it to you and goes, take one of these. And you go, you go. Well, I'm a professional athlete. I'm I'm a large man. I'll take three. <laughs> yeah. One was the right number. Oh, that's easy to do with like the CBD stuff. Yeah. There, and all the so you can believe edibles maybe and stuff. maybe he overestimated his tolerance. That's very true. Yeah. I think we've all been there before. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, all right. What you got coming up for the people on Hard Knock Life? Well, with this carousel that is going on in the college world, we got our man Chris Hummer of Twenty Four Seven Sports to kind of nice. break it all down because. Not only is he dealing with the coaching carousel, he's also got some inside information on the transfer portal, and he's always giving it out. I like that. Yeah. All right, uh, we got an insider coming up next. Chris Hummer of 24-7 Sports on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to Smooth Soul Monday edition of uh, Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Hardball Harge. 
You can follow me on Twitter at HardballHarge. You can follow my man Rod Babers at Rod Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass that's in charge of all these great days that we have Mm -hmm. during the week at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're part of the show and hitting us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is a man that we've had on here before. He is a national college football writer and a transfer portal for uh, 24-7 sports. You can follow him at Chris underscore Hummer. Chris, how you doing, my friend? What's up, y'all? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to have you on, man. This is the perfect time. I I saw the action that was happening over the weekend and watching all these great football games, but then it it hit me like a ton of bricks, and it was like, uh uh-oh, football season's regular season's over. There's a lot of people that are about to be making some moves, and a lot of coaches are being changed and moved around. So what have you been hearing about the transfer portal, but most importantly, as of right now, the changes that are happening in college football with the coaches' positions? I'm hearing a lot. Um, a lot's <laughs> going on. Um, I mean, just today we've had Hughes Freeze hired at Auburn. Um, we've had guys like Luke Altmeyer from Old Miss going to transfer portal. Cade McNamara, quarterback at Michigan, going to transfer portal. Um, a ton of really good Texas State players are in the portal today after the coaching change that happened there over the over the weekend. Today's Monday, right? Um, so yeah, yeah um, a, lot, a lot going on. Yeah, so we sit here and we're looking at that, and I'm glad you brought that up about how it just constantly changes. And the portal doesn't officially take place until Monday, if I'm not mistaken, the 5th, correct? Yeah, it's the 5th um, for FBS transfers, but grad transfers can enter at any time. And if you're at a school who had a coaching change, so uh, if you're at Liberty now, if you're at Auburn, if you're at Texas State, you can enter the portal um, for a 30-day window after your coach leaves as well. Wow. And so that's been a constant movement right now. So what are you hearing about David Shaw? Obviously, he resigned as Stanford's head coach after 12 seasons, and a lot of people are saying that it just kind of got stale or he felt like it was getting stale and things weren't happening the way that he wanted to. What are you hearing about what's next for him? I don't know what's next for David Shaw, but I, I just want to, I think with Stanford, it's really important to point out like 10 years ago, that was one of the best jobs in the sport. Mm. But with the way the sport is trended now, it's a really difficult place to win. Like uh, Stanford really can't bring in transfers the same way as everybody else because of their academics um, and their admissions process. Stanford really can't keep their transfers because they're, I mean, they're um, upperclassmen because they're, graduate transfers um their fifth year and sixth year seniors have a hard time getting into grad school and stanford really can't get in kids for the early signing period at least frequently because their admissions process doesn't usually know if a kid's even going to be accepted to stanford until early in their senior year so that really decelerates the timeline for them so when you put all those factors together stanford's just a really tough place to play and i think david shaw saw the shifting landscape with that a little bit 
Hey, Chris, are you noticing that the transfer portal is almost like a recalibration uh, of talent at times where, you know, you got some guys who are playing at a lower level uh, and they uh, obviously overachieve and prove they can play at a higher level. Some guys at a higher level um, underachieve and they just want to get on the field and they go down to a lower level and play. Are we seeing the balance or are we seeing a lot of these guys end up in purgatory with nowhere to go? They think they're going to end up going where the grass is greener and they end up kind of stuck. I think it depends on who you are. I, I mean, I've definitely written about the idea of transfer portal purgatory before. Um, I think two cycles ago, I would have to pull up the exact numbers, but like almost 40% of FBS transfers, um, actually more than that, I think it was almost like 60% of FBS transfers didn't actually stay on the FBS level. Wow. Um, so a lot of these guys don't end up finding homes. I think that lessens last year and it'll, It'll at least in part lessen this year because teams can now sign up to 85. They don't have to worry about the 25 uh, initial counter rule. Um, I realize that's a little bit in the weeds, so I'm sorry about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a really dangerous place, uh, potentially, if you're not making a good decision and getting good advice. Like, the best players are going to find a home. Like, the really good G5 players are going to find a home. Um, the really good P5 players are going to find a home. Really good FCS players are going to find a home. But if you're not a really formally elite recruit and you haven't played much ball in your career and you enter the portal, no matter where you come from, there's a pretty good chance um, you might get stuck or you have to drop down a level that you weren't expecting. You really have to have your information. Yeah, we're talking to Chris Hummer of 24-7 Sports. You can follow him at Chris underscore Hummer. And Chris, you, you brought it up just a little while ago. When we were talking, Rod and I have been talking about this for quite some time. The way that college football and the landscape has kind of shifted. It's kind of the haves and the have-nots, right? It's like everybody now believes that they are going to be the player that is going to be able to get more money or they're looking for a better place. How how can the NCAA, which I don't think is ever going to step back into this because they, they had their opportunity to govern this at the very beginning, but now that they've made it all pretty much free agency, can this – ever change or are they going to try to find a way to change the landscape of college football again? Um, I mean, I would imagine in a couple of years we'll be at a point where players are getting paid salaries. Um, and some of this NIL stuff isn't as big of a deal, um, because everybody's going to be getting paid and everybody's going to get a piece of the pie. I think that's just, I think Kevin Warren, the big 10 commissioners even said it, like he expects the sport to turn this way. And I just, I mean, it's been inequitable for a very long time. Both of y'all know that. And I think the landscape outside of the NCAA is pushing that way. We've seen the Supreme Court say as much about the model. Um, the NCAA can't step in and make rule changes about the transfer portal or at least enforce its rules, largely because it's afraid of getting sued in court. And, um, like, they're more than likely going to win those court, lose those court battles if they go. Um, so that's why we're not seeing a lot of um, hands-on from the NCAA. It'll it'll take either um, the conferences, the FBS, to kind of step in and make its own rules, or Congress coming in to make its own rules. So I don't think it'll be immediate, but I definitely think we're trending towards a place where, like, eventually players are legitimately getting paid a fixed salary every year, and that'll slow down at least some of the NIL aspects of this. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't know the timetable, but uh, I definitely think that uh, we're heading in that direction. Uh, Chris Hummer of uh, 247 Sports joining us right now on the Carol's Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Hey, Chris, let me uh, ask you this about as it relates to Texas. Does it seem to you, because uh, you seem to be on the inside of you know uh, this world, the new world of NIL <laughs> and the transfer market, as I like to call it, and they seem to be you know almost inextricably linked now as well. How does this affect Texas? It seems to me that Texas – could be in an advantageous situation with this changing landscape in college sports with NIL and the transfer portal uh, that this could be almost uh, the, the perfect storm to bring Texas back to prominence. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Texas as collectives. Like, Texas has been extremely aggressive um, from an NIL standpoint, and I think you have to be to win right now, just like frankly. Um, for example, like, there's a player in Missouri, Dominic Levitt, who finished third in the SEC in receiving yards this year, and like I reported he was leaving Missouri on Sunday and like in large part, that's due to him wanting to get paid more mm-hmm. from an NIL standpoint. Um, last off season, several Texas players um, were potentially poached by other schools and Texas had enough money to bring them back. And like, it's just the reality of the landscape right now, <laughs> college athletics and Texas with the firepower it has. What's, what's the old, uh, what's the old McCombs quote, I believe like more money than, um, the the Cap- the, or whatever. The Catholic yeah. Church, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like Texas, I mean, Texas is in an advantageous position from that perspective. Like you obviously have to rally your boosters to invest in something else. And like, it used to be projects and it still will be projects and improving things like the South end zone. But now it's also, um, having a boatload of cash to keep your roster intact and to also be able to pursue other players. Um, it's, it's definitely different, but it's, it's kind of just the reality. And I think Texas is really well positioned to succeed and that as long as everybody is kind of aligned in the same direction uh, with how they approach it. Chris, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you this too. You know, all these colleges are now trying to go and get the splash higher But one of the biggest things that we've continued to talk about is making sure that that hire that you get, you support them. And some of these facilities, to your point, you know, Texas has the advantage of being able to fix up its end zone and still have that type of money. But some of these other schools, to your point of what you said earlier, they're not able to keep a lot of these kids on their roster because of NIL opportunities I know you were talking about possibly seeing some kids get paid a uh, salary and all that good stuff, but what about those smaller schools that are trying to get into the game? I know we're going to have a lot of shakeup with uh, the conferences and things are going to going to happen, but some of these schools that don't have the budgets as, as some of the bigger powers, they're going to have a tough time. Yeah, I mean it, it sucks for smaller schools. Um, if this was just if this was just like NIL, like NIL on its face. I think smaller schools might be okay. Like if you're a smaller school and you're the most important thing in your town, like conceivably your businesses can rally around a certain player. You can have brand endorsement deals. Like you can pay your players a decent sum of money, but we're not really playing in that sand pit. It's a totally different conversation. What is happening is players are getting paid uh, for their athletic abilities and getting paid a lot of money to go different places. And that just comes down to your bottom line uh, dollar figure. And a lot of those schools can't compete. So um, we saw last year, like we see it on the power five level. Like I, Jordan Addison left Pittsburgh to go to USC. Like that was in part because of NIL. Like nobody, like anybody who says otherwise is just um, lying to themselves. 
And like some schools just have more money than others. And it, it really is unfortunate for some of these smaller schools that are going to lose some of their better players because they don't have the, um, the firepower to keep them. But that's, that's the messy system that we've created in college athletics by not um, regulating and maybe having a more forward thinking mindset 10 or 15 years ago, but just kind of where we're at. Man, it is crazy where we're at today and it's going to continue to happen and we'll have more next week as some of these names start to uh, trickle out. And if you want to find out more about it, get over to uh, 24-7 Sports. You can follow my man Chris Hummer at Chris underscore Hummer. He's the National College football writer and he also controls the, the news when it comes to the transfer portal. Chris, man, I know you're about to be busy. Football season is just starting for you right now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely getting going. I miss the season already, man. I miss just normal Saturdays watching ball. So, no doubt. Um, it'll be fun. No doubt. Appreciate you as always, Thanks, man. Chris. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, y'all. Thanks. Man, it is true. All that stuff that's going to be happening now, if you're a smaller school and you're trying to compete with this and you're thinking you're going to get those top-tier five-star players, you're going to have to try to sift through a lot of it because it's not going to be the same. The the playing field is not the same. Yeah, no, the separation of the have and the have-nots is probably now more glaring than ever before. It will continue to be that way because – you know, the transfer portal and the NIL arms feeding each other. Yeah. And now it the seems way it's like they're working together. You it know is. What I'm I mean, saying? they're, they're yeah. really linked. A lot of guys that get in transfer portal to pursue name, right. image, and likeness uh, opportunities and to try to get there what they believe their market value is. And then the other part of it is mm. these coaches that are leaving one school or going to the another, another know what to expect from these other players. So. They're going to probably bring their own guys with them oh, now. The so Lincoln Rally model is exactly. That's it. I mean, that's what every coach yeah. is going to do now from now on. That's the Lincoln Rally. When Dion goes to a place, he'll probably bring his son with him. Yep. Yeah, his son sure. is the starting quarterback there for Jackson State. And he's nice. Yeah, I mean that's it makes sense. And, and for look, look at Lincoln Rally. It's worked out really yeah, well for him. Worked out really well. And again, <laughs> and it, it hasn't worked out well for Oklahoma. Right. And Lincoln <laughs> Rally now will take another Heisman Trophy quarterback <laughs> to the meeting in in New York. Isn't that crazy? It, Spencer Rattler's the only – if you're Spencer Rattler, you got to feel bad about yourself. You're like, dang it, I'm yeah. the only one that Lincoln Riley couldn't get <laughs> to New York as a Heisman finalist. Every exactly. other quarterback every he's coached quarterback. And ends up as a Heisman finalist, and I exactly. couldn't get there. And so <laughs> people kept holding that against Lincoln, saying he couldn't develop quarterbacks. <laughs> He actually recruited Caleb Williams, so that counts as his no, quarterback. No, right now, too. as I'm saying, like yeah. every other, is it, no, it's a Spencer Rattler thing yeah, now. The Spencer. trend now yeah. is, it points his finger at Spencer Rattler as the problem, yeah. not Lincoln Riley. And Spencer yeah. had a good weekend the last two weeks, though. He was that. smoking a cigar in yeah, the locker room after the Yeah, like it was, like it was Joe Burrow. It's like, come on, dude. Come on, man. Don't be. Come don't, on. Don't, don't be forget. copying that we man's swag you. like that. We saw you, bro. He's copying his swag <laughs> like that. You got benched twice against Texas. He, he didn't copy the national championship <laughs> swag. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's the swag you're supposed <laughs> to be that's copying. A, that's a different yeah. swag. So yeah. I guess he had a different cigar then. He probably had a black and mild. He should have had a black and mild, not whatever Joe Burrow was smoking. All right, we'll get back to uh, some uh, some NFL news notes and nuggets later. Uh, when we come back, I want to get to the NFL, but off the record uh, story about Kyler Murray. Was he throwing Cliff Kingsbury under the bus? We'll talk about that on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. Mega Doodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they break the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the big east. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of 
off the record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to another edition of Off the Record right here on Ball Don't Lie. Uh, this is actually a story from the NFL. So apparently the uh, struggles for the Arizona Cardinals continue, gentlemen. They had uh, another loss. Uh, this one to the Chargers. And um, my side team. That's cool. I'm telling you, man, your side piece, <laughs> your side, your wife. It's finer than your side piece. For so sure. The Cowboys are way better sure. team than the Chargers. I don't so talk about them much anymore. I think you got to change up your room, man. you got to find a side piece that's hotter than your wife. Otherwise, why cheat on your hot wife? I'm stand, At least get I'm a stand. coach you like better than Kellen Moore then. <laughs> I was in love with my quarterback. When, this was when Dak got hurt. Y'all keep forgetting that. It was when Dak got hurt. I know. I'm just saying now you don't need that. you gotta, you got a side piece that's a six. And your and your wife is a nine. Why are you like, making I, I, this six? Like, I don't I talk to her anymore. While she was anymore. out of town, and she's like, she's been back in town to for two no years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, she's been back in town for two years. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Come on. Carry on. All right. Anyway, sorry about that. Anyway, but uh, yeah, they got the. But there was a very controversial fourth and one call that ended up being an interception by Kyler Murray. Yeah, they threw it deep on a fourth and one. Mm-hmm. Ended up being a pick. Is basically what happened. And uh, Kyler Murray wanted to explain it. So uh, some people believe in his explanation of this fourth and one interception that he was throwing uh, throwing his head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, under the bus. Here's the sound. We had to bleep it because he dropped an F-bomb. But here it is. Um, no, it wasn't. That wasn't for Hop, actually. Um, schematically, I mean, they kind of, we, we were kind of f***ing. <laughs> here is the Basically, he said schematically, we were effed on that fourth and one. And sometimes when you're pointing at the scheme schematically, if we were effed, you're pointing at the person who was dialing up the scheme, the person who drew up the scheme, and that would be Cliff Kingsbury. But I will say that if you look at the play, the fourth and one, it it was just a perfectly called defense by the Chargers. Right. They were right there. They really had. They understood a, the, the, what was going the end of time. on. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was yeah. an RPO with a, a quick flat route. Supposed to be a rub route by the Twins uh, receiver side. There was no rub. The uh, Chargers played a good job of undercutting the rub route. So he took away the quick flat route, and it was an RPO, and he decided to pull it. Once he pulled it, there was nowhere to go with the football. So that couldn't so have been his fault, right? I mean, because it, it seems like it was more the play call itself. Did, uh, it, did the RPO look like it? Did the run look like it could hit for no, a first down? No, that run wasn't going anywhere either. No. The Chargers had that dialed up, and they had the uh, the RPO snuffed out, and that's why they went to what was basically a double move to DeAndre Hopkins after he was supposed to rub out, rub yep. that linebacker, or pick that linebacker. Then you can see Kyler Murray almost gesturing him go deep because you can see DeAndre Hopkins in all of his. Football knowledge and football IQ understands. Oh, if the RPO didn't hit right away, then I got the fit get, hit the shame. Yeah, yeah. Something went wrong. Yeah. I need to go make a play, and yep. he goes try to make a play through a deep, ends up being intercepted. Yeah. So it ain't. My point is, things are bad with the Arizona oh, Cardinals. Awful. And you guys know awful. it is being reported now that uh, Sean Payton, mm-hmm. that that one of the teams, or he's, he's got two teams reportedly that he may be interested in. And uh, it has been reported that one of those teams is the Arizona Cardinals. The other team uh, that has been reported that he could be interested in is the Chargers. I'll give my man uh, 
My man Patrick created about that because Patrick also thought that'd be a great idea. Yeah, from he, the he, because he's a quarterback yeah, yeah, beginning yeah, of the season. Yeah, because right. why would you not want to go coach Justin Herbert? Right. Yeah, that's exactly. Now right. you're right. If that were that would be that's scary for the league. Honestly, I think which one would you think would work out better? Uh, Sean Payton with Kyler Murray, Sean Payton with Justin Herbert. I think it would be definitely with uh, Herbert. Because I think that defense is a lot closer to like if you just put the whole the defense program nice. of of yeah. what the Chargers have there, they should be a much better team. Okay. You know why it might be better to go? It's a good point, but it might be better to go to the NFC West. Strangely enough, because Kansas City, they run that division. I, I get and that. they run it with an iron fist. Nobody has been close in that division in ten years to yeah. what Kansas City. Ever since Andy Reid got there, yeah. nobody can touch him. Yeah. And now he's got Mahomes. Nobody can touch him. We thought they were going, oh, the Broncos. Oh, they go, oh, let's ride. Oh, they got, oh man, they got Russell Wilson. Let's ride. Don't man, ride. they're like, like a dumpster no fire over they, there. They ain't riding right? nowhere. The Raiders. The Raiders are a playoff team. Oh, the Raiders. They're a playoff team. They're going to challenge them. No. They got, they got no challenges right there. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't have as much to do with Andy Reid as it does have to do with you hired a bad coach. Dem- there's it a is, bunch of bad coaches is, over there. It's, it's been dominated by the one team. You know, you got, I think with the Cardinals, at least you got to it's a different team every year. One yeah. year's you, the 49ers, one year's the Rams. I, I do. I, this is Seattle this year. It's a different team every year. It is. Well, you're, but yeah, you're, I also, I just, hands back. Ain't no different they team in, 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 in the West. A different team is the, it's the it's Kansas City's division. Everybody needs to pay them rent because they own that division. But I could see you going to the charge. <laughs> I could see you going to the Cardinals and then they're still just at best a wild card team. Like, because they're a pretty old team. They're a team that's picked up scraps a lot along the way. Like, they're like, hey, we'll get JJ Watt. We'll get Zach Ertz. Yeah, we'll get a lot of those pieces. Yeah. We got AJ Green. Yeah, yeah. Like you got a lot yeah. of that stuff. Where you're like, we have to go in and rebuild no, developmental projects. I agree with that. So it's going to be a longer process. Whereas the Chargers, you're like, man, if we can be healthy. Because think about it. You got we're Khalil Mack. You got Derwin James oh, on no, that back end. They just signed Justin Jackson. Bosa. Bosa's still there. No. And on the offensive side, they got playmakers over there. They I, do? I, if. Even if you still look at Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's always hurt, but they got big Mike Williams. They do. He's out there. Austin, Austin Eckler. Yeah. And they, they, they have a lot that's Kansas there. Kansas City's still whipping on them. Yeah. And Kansas City's like, oh, Kansas City lost this and yeah. lost that. But, and, lost this. and Kansas City's still yeah. shrugging along. If you're Sean Payton, you can sit there and go, well, I can fix that. Because you you're like, if the Ego. one piece is missing, it's a coach. My point is, I don't think you're going to win either one of those divisions, really. You're no. probably going to be a wild card team either way. Either no. way. You ain't going to win. But if you told me, hey, I get to pick which roster I want to go to. The guy who just threw his coach under the bus but hasn't done anything for himself, oh, yeah. demand a new contract two years early, probably not the guy I want to go deal with. No, I'm playing devil's advocate. I yeah. take the charges too. <laughs> yeah, but here's the other thing. Did you realize, and I didn't realize this until last night, that um, Herbert is 6'6"? Six, six? He's huge. I did not realize he He's was 6'6", six, six, and he can run. Yeah. And he's fast. I didn't realize he was that big until yesterday. I was like, wait a minute, this dude is 6'6"? Six, six? You yeah, know, yeah. some people, they kind of looked the part. Yeah. But you, he looks the part, and then I found out he was six six. I was like, damn! No, he plays the part. Yeah, he's he, he's he, no, he's. He, trust me, I'm with you. I, I agree both of you. I think he is the the quarterback that I would invest my future right. in right now. And right. it's more more like the attitude than anything else. Oh, for sure. It's I don't it's like one hundred percent. I don't like attitude. college attitude yeah. right now. Uh, okay, let's get to uh, some Texas football discussion. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain and also do that in Roger Rand today on the other side right here in the uh, ball. Don't lie on one hundred four nine the horn.